Welcome back to Always Evolving with me, Mike Bear, aka Coach Mike. Many of you know I own a treatment center. I founded it over 14 years ago. It's called Cast Centers. It's in Los Angeles, California. And my guest today on Always Evolving is someone you maybe have spoken to or you can call anytime. His name is Robert Lean and he's my admissions director over here at Cast Centers. And we're gonna be talking about the landscape of treatment, what has changed since coronavirus, COVID-19, a little bit about his story, and also provide some resources for you. So in case you or someone you know is struggling, you know who you're talking to on the other end. So thanks, Robert. Hey, Mike, good to be here. It's actually my first podcast ever. That you've been on? Yep. Nice. Well, thanks for doing it. What first ever? Have you always wanted to be on one? No, but I have friends in the community, you know, like musicians and yeah. comedians that have their own podcasts. So I always, you know, hear about their adventures on their podcast. And Robert, tell everyone a little bit about how you ended up working in the treatment industry. It's one of these stories that I never, I never would have imagined I would be sitting here uh, working in this field. You know, I, I grew up uh, dreaming of being a hockey player. That changed after a major injury, and then I kind of fell into the music industry and worked as an audio engineer for years. And I toured mixing live music and got into studio work here in Los Angeles, doing film post-production, making records. And um, I hit a wall. My lifestyle that I was living wasn't, wasn't healthy, and it wasn't conducive to who I wanted to be as a person. Why wasn't it healthy? Drugs and alcohol, depression, anger, fear. Um, all those things were were taking me down. And I found myself in a position I wasn't able to hold jobs. Um, I wasn't able to hold relationships personally, professionally. And uh, I, I got the opportunity to make a change. And did you, when, when you, I don't know this about your story, but when you decided to make a change in your life, did you, did it work the first time or? Yes. It did. Yeah. I'm one of the very lucky people. And I, and I could say that because I talk to thousands of people a year Yeah, um, who have not been as fortunate as I have. Um, I went to the right place at the right time and I yeah. heard the message and I followed directions and getting into this field specifically, I, I really had nowhere else to go. And the facility that I went to said, well, why don't you give this a try and you know we'll help you out. Um, and I started by mopping the kitchen floor taking out the trash, yeah, doing the kind of janitor stuff. Um, and that's where I actually got my start in treatment. Yeah. You know, I, I too, when I made a decision this last time to make a full on commitment to get abstinent, I too got it that time, yeah. you know, and, uh, how long have you been sober now? 17 years. 17. Yeah. Yeah. I'm your older brother. <laughs> got I'm little, right behind you. A little over 18. <laughs> so, You've worked with tens of thousands of, I would say, you've handled, be, prior to Robert working with me, you, you worked at the Betty Ford Center and you've done admissions for years. You've spoken to tens of thousands of people. What do you find is the difference between someone who decides to make a change and someone who is just calling and can't just make a decision? There's a lot of people that know that they, they need to change. They know that the lifestyle they're living is not who they want to be. They're not where they saw themselves being. And so they may be reaching out for help, knowing that I've got to do something different, but I don't know how. Mm. And those are kind of those initial first time callers. Um, but then there's the people that have been in and out of sobriety or in and out of treatment for mental health. 
and they keep falling back and, um, and they don't understand why. And so, you know, our approach at CAS specifically is not that this should be a punishment or a consequence that's negative. It's let's learn from that experience and go forward. So the difference between someone making a decision to get help and not get help, how often is it, do you believe it's money versus a real desire to change? There's oftentimes those consequences behind the scenes, like maybe they're in trouble at work or maybe they're in trouble with the family. So there's that pressure and they don't necessarily believe that the problem is as bad as they think it is. And so that desire to change is typically not as strong with those people because they think they can still control and enjoy it. Hmm. But like, do you think that because you'll talk to people who who you haven't they, they may call you back a year later. And all of a sudden they're ready to change. Is their life much different in that year that they wait? Yeah, oftentimes the consequences have piled up. Pressure from the family, the employer, financial, they've they've lost everything or are on the brink of losing everything. Is it hard for you to to listen on the other end to people who you know need to change yeah. and they just won't do it? It is. And it's heartbreaking because I know that there's a solution. I know that there's an opportunity to grow. Yeah, it's really interesting that. You know, even here at Cast Centers where we take insurance and we're in network with some different people and we'll get that phone call and all that, that everyone knows that person needs to get help, whether it's just for their depression or their alcoholism or their addiction or they're so stuck. And yet they won't actually follow through, even though it's obvious that it works. I, you know, and I think this. This mimics people also who know they need to get healthier and go on walks every day and go to the gym or eat better. Yep. Or, um, but there's this thing where we're almost trained to believe that unless it's a total crisis and we have no other option or consequence, that at that point we're going to change. But I often find that people who struggle with addiction and alcohol, they're more stubborn with the change than someone who's looking at evolving. Sure. Yeah. And I I like to use different analogies to help people grasp it because think of somebody who's been told by their doctor, they're pre-diabetic. Doctor might recommend, let's make a change in your eating pattern, what you eat, your exercise, your sleep. Mm -hmm. You can go on to live a full, healthy, productive life if you follow these simple directions. They don't have to get to the point where they've lost the job, lost the family, lost everything. It's about let's take an evaluation where you are, what areas of your life do you want to start making improvements in? And let's get to work. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any uh, stories that stand out to you where somebody finally made a decision and their life changed? Oftentimes the families get involved. So it's about communicating with the family, the mom, the dad, maybe it's the brother and the sister. And, and oftentimes the, the client themselves is kind of the last person to be part of the conversation. Yeah. And so, you know, there there's many different scenarios where I've talked to mom maybe for a few weeks, uh, I've talked to the sister for a few weeks, and then finally the client is the one that magically appears. And uh, I'm thinking about a specific situation where the sister and the client actually came to meet in person. We sat down and said, hey, let's just sit down and talk. Let's talk about the program, where you are. Uh, and and the, the client themselves just being totally resistant. I'm not interested in this. Screw you. I'm mm-hmm. out of here. And, and so at that point, we all just kind of agree, let's back off. Let's let, let's let them go and do what they got to do. And then a few weeks later, hey, do you remember me? I came in and we talked a little while ago. Yeah. Can I still come there? You know, that just 
you can't beat that. Yeah. You got to sometimes let people let the fish run with the line. Yeah. And then when they're ready, come back. What has changed since COVID in terms of the type of calls that we get? So much has changed with COVID. Obviously, you know, with people staying at home, um, the biggest change in our callers specifically has been the isolation and the loneliness. And it's bringing up fear, anxiety, depression that people have never experienced before. Mm. And what I found really interesting, especially, you know, like getting into April, was that a lot of clients were readmitting, coming back into treatment that had already been to treatment, which I think is fantastic because they they recognized that they were not going, you know, in a good direction. Right. They took the action to go back right. to where they were safe. So we, we here went all online for three months, which even though we're an essential business, we ended up not knowing what we were dealing with. So we went all online. Everyone was panicked and, uh, and we still do online treatment. And then we have some clients who show up in person. Do you think that the clients who, uh, show up in person are just wanting more of that experience as opposed to being isolated in their homes? Yeah, absolutely. Because it's a sense of community. And with people being isolated at home, whether they've got family that they live with or if they live alone, that they're still struggling. You know, families are getting sick of each other. Yeah. You know, they're getting into more arguments. And so a lot of our new callers are people that are calling for the very first time that are really struggling and, and they, they need some structure. They need some support. And that's a, what group therapy can offer is a sense of community, but also a sense of structure. Knowing yeah. that at nine o'clock on Monday, I'm going to be a group. Right. 12 o'clock. I'm going to be at group. So right. that makes a big difference. And and what type of caller is calling now because of COVID compared to the caller that you were getting before? We're starting to get people that are becoming more suicidal. Really? Yeah. People that are having suicidal ideation thoughts, but also suicide attempts. And these are people that typically are healthy, productive people that have full time jobs that have never been diagnosed with a mental health condition. But six months, five months, however many months they've been working from home or without a job now, watching their 401ks deplete, watching their savings go away, it's becoming overwhelming. And so suicidal calls are going up. And are you? do you find that the suicidal calls are related to money going away and job? Or is it more them having to be just sitting with themselves or combination of both? It's a combination. It's a cumulative effect of everything. Yeah. Because it seems like, you know, for someone who's just, who's really struggling with depression, uh, the last thing they should do is sit at home all alone. Right. Because, you know, to to be isolated and away from everyone um, and incapable of getting out of their own way or their own thoughts is really detrimental. Yeah. Oh, and here's a great example. So people that maybe have been going to Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, they go to 12 step meetings on a regular basis. Well, COVID came along and shut all those meetings down. They quickly pivoted to online Zoom meetings. Right. So you still had that sense of community and connection, consistency. People that struggle with anxiety, depression, bipolar, they don't have they didn't have that community structure in place to begin with. Now it's even worse because they're home alone. Where where can they go to connect with other people that are dealing with similar conditions? You mentioned that since COVID hit, there's been a huge increase and people that call you that are suicidal. If someone's watching right now or listening, what can you tell them? You're not alone. You don't have to be alone. 
and that there is help available. I know it's scary, but it's it's about taking the first step, the first action, and reaching out, letting somebody know that I'm not okay, um, that the the way that I'm living my life right now is not safe. Um, and there are suicide hotlines that you can call. It's really easy to Google. Uh, and uh, also you could call us, we can help direct you. Um, but to find someone to start talking to is important, to, to get those thoughts out of your head uh, and to share them with somebody. Because if you're hurting yourself, you're you're hurting everyone else who loves you and that's the last thing you wanna do. And um, you uh, have the ability to change this moment will pass. These moments always pass. And uh, we're here to help as well. Uh, you can give us a call, a suicide hotline a call. And when I say us, it's us at Cast Centers. You'll speak to Robert and let's get you pointed in the right direction. We've all seen the headlines in the news of how someone lost their life in an act of cold-blooded murder. And while it's sad and grabs your attention, most people go on with their day without giving it another thought. But have you ever stopped to think about the life of the person at the center of the news story? They were more than just a headline or a statistic. They were someone's loved one or friend. I'm Mike Morford, and my podcast, The Murder of My Family, dives into some of those stories to help listeners get to know the person who was lost and how their death affected those closest to them. Listen to The Murder of My Family everywhere you listen to podcasts. There are well over 100 episodes to binge on now. What's been the biggest challenge for you yourself during this period of time? Self-care. Self-care. Always. Yeah. Always self-care. You know, reminding myself what I tell people, you know, and, and to, to put my, my mask on first. Well, I love following you on Instagram. <laughs> it was it Robert Lean Cast Centers. Robert at Cast Centers. Robert Cast Robert Cast Centers. Because yeah. uh, you always put up some really insp- inspiring stuff. <laughs> I haven't figured out how to copy it so I can like put on my story with you where you type on the computer. Oh yeah. Because you'll put up like a thought from your desk, yeah. right? Yeah. What is that? Just random. I don't know. I, every morning I go for a walk. Part of my morning structure routine. And on my walks, you know, I, 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 I daydream, I wander, and I, I think of sobriety, I think of recovery, I think of positive energy. Yeah. And so I try to carry that with me going forward. So when I sit down at my desk in the morning, um, I thought, well, why not just throw this out there and share with everybody? I'm going to put you on the spot because you've had a lot of bosses and the listeners may want to know <laughs> what makes me different than some of the bosses you've had. And you don't need to, you don't need to suck her up. <laughs> you don't need to compliment me. You don't need, honestly. Yeah. Interesting, because my mom just asked me about this the other day, because she she saw an episode of Dr. Phil that you were on. And she's okay. like, so Coach Mike, we hear all this great stuff. Does he carry that into the office, too? And I, and I said, well, it's, it's not so much about Coach Mike, but what I what I what what attracted me to working with you was the ability to find flexibility and creativity in finding out what does this client specifically need outside of what Cast Centers does. Right. So, for example... Um, maybe a client's really struggled with an eating disorder that's never been addressed. We don't treat eating disorders. You know, we can support disordered eating, but then let's take a look at, hey, maybe we should get this person with a nutritionist. Maybe they should have a companion that helps them with meal planning and right. walking them through daily things like that. So you encourage us individually and as a team to look at not putting the client in the box, right. but let's build a box for the client to live in or to be part yeah, of. Yeah, I guess you're right. I'm, I'm very... Um... I'm a hands-off manager, but then, I mean, I'm saying this about myself, although you didn't say it. (laughs) And I appreciate you saying that about me because I do believe that because everyone's uniquely themselves. And I get so frustrated with the treatment industry being about, here's the box, or 
we do everything, but they don't know how to really bring best practices. You know, what I love about working with you is if you feel like we aren't the right fit for someone, you don't accept them in the program, which that is your own integrity, which I love because very often a person in admissions is focused on getting the person in the center, right? To the outpatient. And the fact that you um, have a moral compass and remind everyone here at CAST about that moral compass. And, you know, I, I you know, it's interesting that being in the mental health field because the majority of us have struggled with our own mental health. And so it turns from passion to job, to employment. Um, but I do, uh, I'm a, I would say I'm a hands-off manager to some degree, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I also know too, that I can call you pretty much any time of the day just like, hey, I'm not sure what to do with this. What do you think? Right. And we can bounce it back and forth a little bit. Well, you've evolved a lot. I mean, like now you look over like our the web team that we bring on and marketing. And I think I have really pushed you to think of yourself more than just being the guy that answers the phone. Yep. Wouldn't yeah. you say? Absolutely. And that's and that's the coach. Right. That's the coaching aspect of like we're looking for ways to grow. There's always an opportunity. So even when COVID started shutting everything down, I remember you came to us and said, hey, let's look at the opportunities within this. Right. Yes, this is this is going to shake things up. But what's our opportunity? Yeah. Where can we find ways to help more people? Yeah, it's um, it's you've been such a find. You know, I know Bob from Hazelden recommended you um, because prior to here, you'd worked for another treatment center and then it closed down or something or didn't work I've out. I've been in a couple places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've been passed around a few facilities. Yeah. You've been with us a few years now. And so what inspires you? I know you love music. And in terms of like getting, you know, because you're dealing with so many phone calls of, of people come, you know, where you're, it is life or death for a lot of people. How do you stay inspired? When I was at the end of my drinking and using, I didn't know that my mother was reaching out and talking to a treatment program and they were guiding her how to help her help me get into treatment. Mm. And I found out down the road, you know, what was, you know, how, how that kind of played out. And um, I try to keep that as a big part of my daily gratitude and that somebody took the time to listen to her, guide her, and then let kind of things play out the way they did. Mm -hmm. So I look for opportunities for gratitude, number one. Um, and I look for the opportunities to maybe just change one person's life today. That's a good way of looking at it. What, um, how old are you, Robert? I just had a birthday yesterday. I'm 49. 49. I've never been this old before. <laughs> well, and, and what is the phone number for people to call if they want to talk to you about what's going on in their life and how, you know, what they're, maybe they have questions. What phone number do they call? How do they reach you directly? You can reach me at 424-302-2598. Say it one more time. 424 302 2598. So even if they're in another city and they're looking for a resource or want to talk about what's going on, you can point them in a certain direction. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just give give some alternative thoughts to what's going on that maybe you never thought of. What are your hopes for your own life and career? Like, what, what do you want five years from now? <laughs> I know you want to own a home. Yeah. Working on, working on figuring out buying a home. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, you know, ultimately I want to live in peace. Obviously, you know, that's, that's the main thing is to live in peace. Um, but I've really, I've, I've gotten back into music in a way that I, you know, always wanted to be. And so I'm continuing to explore. And that's the one opportunity that I found in COVID is I'm spending more time at home playing music, writing yeah. music, creating music. Yeah. Um, so looking at that, uh, as something that who knows where it goes. And right now it's something I do for fun. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you get stagnant with your own recovery, life, passion? Absolutely. Yeah. And in the moment, sometimes I'll find out, boy, this feels like just like I'm stuck in a loop. Um, but then again, I've got to kind of flip that in my thinking and my attitude of saying, okay, well, this structure is important in keeping me on the path. Yeah. Because I noticed when we, everyone was working from home, you were still for the first few weeks showing up at the office. You wanted the structure. <laughs> you wanted to be present, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it helped me to kind of just be in the, in the state of mind of this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Well, Robert, thanks for coming on Always Evolving. Uh, you guys know that you can uh, give us a call at Cast Centers, castcenters.com. We'll help you out with any resources, suggestions. Also, I have a free empowerment group. If you go to coachmikebear.com, you can join. It's every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific time. It's over Zoom. We've had great successes. We just had Wanda, who had been on nicotine for 53 years, 53 years, and she stopped last week. Wow. We've had huge transformations, awesome community. They also go to the Coach Mike Bear Facebook page. So uh, it's Coach Mike Bear. It's a private group. So you just request to join. It's exclusive, but it's free. And so uh, thank you again, Robert, and stay safe, everyone. And mental health is a top priority. So if you're struggling, it's okay. Uh, we're here to help. Talk to a friend, ask for help. As you heard from Robert, you know, the main thing is just really getting motivated to change. Make that decision, you know, pick up that phone. It's not a weakness when you ask for help. It's actually a strength. That's a way that you show self-love and love yourself, love those around you. And if you see someone out there struggling, you can give us a call or ask that person if they want to get some help and we'll help them get in the right direction. Stay safe, everyone. Thank you subscribe, download, and we'll be having more podcasts out every week with incredible people. So I'll talk to you guys soon.